Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaFlaca. I'm sorry, I'm not getting any audio. If you're reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaFlaca. We're going to have to start over. All right. Um, test, test, test. I see video on here, Paul. Any audio? I see video. Oh, it stopped. See video, but no audio, all right? All right. Um, we're just having a few technical issues. We'll be with you Always. in just a couple seconds. Always. Yeah, bear with us. We apologize for the inconvenience. Who is that? So it's going through there, checking one, two. All right, I see video. Test one, two. Okay. We're good. All right, we've got audio. Let's, uh, can we hit the um, the intro yeah, again or no? we can do that. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Am I doing it, Jim, or are you doing it? Oh. Welcome to Season 6 of Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine and co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaPlaca. To schedule a reading or learn more about Lady Fontaine, also known as America's number one love psychic, be sure to check out Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com. Now, Here's Lady Fontaine with co-hosts Jim Elkin and Paul LaFlaca. Good evening and welcome to Eye on the Future on our new new day and time. This is season seven, episode six. And today is June, I'm sorry, today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Tonight's topic is paramount since it is at the core of all our healing and transformation. I'm your host, Paula Plaka, alongside our in-house spiritual wizard, Jim Elkin, and our resident psychic extraordinaire, Lady Fontaine. She is also known as America's number one love psychic and is a certified life coach and relationship expert. We can all be reached at radio show at ladyfontaine.com. If you are interested in personal readings, healing, or if you have any topics that you'd like us to address, email us to let us know. If we select your suggestion for a show topic, you will receive a free introductory 15-minute psychic reading or life coaching session from Lady Fontaine. If you'd like to be on our mailing list, please give our call screener your real email address so we can keep in touch with you. 
Call us at 319-527-6216. We would love to hear your stories about life and relationships. Call us, uh, call Lady Fontaine or her team of experts. We're all waiting for your calls. Since we are streaming video on YouTube and Facebook, for those of you who don't know, James Elkin is our healing expert. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. And, of course, our lovely psychic relationship expert and intuitive life coach, Lady Fontaine. In case you're wondering, she's the pretty one with the pink headphones minus the beard. <laughs> if you miss the show, you can find us at Eye on the Future Radio Show on YouTube and Facebook or listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or any other podcast platform. We've got a jam-packed show tonight, and we'll do our best to get every caller on the air to answer your questions. If you do call in, you will still be able to listen to the show while you're on hold. And before we get started, we just want to give everyone a gentle reminder that we don't select general questions to get on the air. Since this is radio or live streaming, we have many, many listeners, so we select callers with the most interesting questions that many or most of our listeners can relate to and learn from. Your stories are often similar to what others are going through, so callers with an interesting question and story are more likely to get on the air. Lastly, please follow us on BTR or social media or subscribe to be notified of our new shows and leave us comments. Now, since this, this show is your brainchild, Lady Fontaine, I want to turn the mic over to you. But before we start, I am anxious to hear all about your new psychic matchmaking service. Well, last show, which was about a month ago, I started talking about the matchmaking service. And I thought I was going to have time before I left on vacation to get everything set up on the website so that people can do the first steps of getting into the matchmaking program, either as a client or as a possible candidate for a client. Um, but needless to say, I just haven't had the time to do it. So um, if you are interested and you do go to myladyfontaine.com website, um, there is a section under matchmaking that you can read about it, but you're going to have to use the contact form until I have the whole website fixed up. But it's very, very exciting because I'm getting so many inquiries. I mean, what's the best situation? I mean, most people are out there struggling and meeting people and not really knowing if it's going to be a good match for them. This way they've got me as that intermediary actually finding them the right match. Um, and as I said last time, I had five clients in the past year or so. Um, and I've been doing it slow, and I've been doing it alone. So everybody who joins this service gets me directly. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we're, we've got, since the last show when we talked about it, I've gotten about five or six more inquiries about it. And that's why I want to automate at least some of the question, questions or the preliminary questions so I have them more or less organized and categorized before I actually spend time talking to people. But it is very exciting, and I'm very, very happy about how well it's being received. And I think it's a great service. I truly do. And my prices right now are like less than a third of what the big matchmaker services are. So it's really a steal right now. But, um, you know, I have been busy <laughs> doing other things. I've been having a lot of fun traveling the country. So um, what have you guys been doing while I've been away? Well, wait, wait a minute. Tell us where you what? went. Where uh, did you go? Well, uh, I, my first trip, I went up to Wisconsin, and I've never been to Wisconsin before. 
So that was really interesting. And that's a weird place to go riding, but there were some great rides up there. Nothing like I have down here. But, what were you riding? You know, where was I riding? No, what were you riding? What kind of a bicycle? Motorcycle? Uh, Honda Goldwing. Okay. <laughs> and this is this part is funny. Actually, we've gone all over the place. I mean, we started out in Wisconsin, ended up in North Carolina, actually in Georgia, back up through North Carolina and Tennessee, doing Carahola Highway, Tale of the Dragon, um, Blue Ridge Parkway, going up Route uh, 70, oh. 80, 226, 226A through Little Switzerland. I mean, it's a great ride. And then I missed the best parts that I've never even seen, which is the back of the dragon and the dragon slayer in Virginia. So um, those are going to be my next uh, ventures, hopefully. All on a Goldwing. No, no, no. Yes, yes. Other so you know, no. So you know on, <laughs> um, on the Blue Ridge, well, we were with you know, Harleys and KNMs and Oh, okay, bikes. okay. Well, that so, makes it okay. Uh, right. So <laughs> we're going to the Blue Ridge, you know, on the Blue Ridge Parkway, they have those tunnels. Yeah. And when we're going through the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, one of the gals that was on a Harley is like, rum, rum, through the tunnels, and it's echoing and echoing and echoing. So after about the 30th tunnel of doing that, the guy that I was with starts honking his horn. <laughs> on a Honda Goldwing. And yeah. then I said, that's the only way you're going to get a, a Goldwing to make any noise. Right, but I yeah. mean that in a complimentary way, because I practically all the bikes that I go on seem to be Hondas, either Valkyries or Goldwings. And a Goldwing is my favorite bike, hands down. Mm. It very is. Nice bike. So, so I've had a very exciting um, escapades traveling the eastern part of the country lately. And um, I've got a, actually an invite to go out on a Indian, which was one of the first bikes that you suggested for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm going to be able to, if, if the weather holds out, either Monday or Tuesday, we're going to be going, um, you know, blowing rock in a few different areas down here. Yes. So, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And um, I am signing my arm, my shoulders a lot better, so I am signing up, up for the motorcycle safety great, class. Great, great. And I'm going to be doing it this summer, so I'm very excited. I am. Excellent, excellent. So, so then, what have you guys been doing? I've been traveling the East Coast and back. Well, well Jim has been giving me violin lessons, which is so <gasps> amazing. Oh, my God. Really? I know, because he was insulting the way you were strumming it like a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so you were going one way, and you're supposed to go back and forth, right? Yeah, no, I, don't think, I, I didn't feel insulted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. So how is it going? Do you like the violin? I do. It's really challenging, and it's certainly uh, – it's deceptive how difficult it is because – you know, I come from uh, 40 years of playing guitar and mandolin and some other instruments. So my left hand is is pretty good, but the bow is actually what makes uh, the violin the tone. Um, so learning how to make the, the bow stroke sound good is really challenging. So it's been it's been fun. But oh, uh, wow. I was hoping it would be going a little faster because I felt like my left <laughs> hand, you know, I, I play guitar on my left hand. Nope. The right yeah. hand is where it's all at to make the Oh, wow. The sound. So oh, Jim's been helping me quite a bit. 
So are you working on a production right now where you need the violin, or is this just something you want to add in? And for those well, who don't know, Paul is a, is a successful, well-known, esteemed musician. Um, you've had two different band names, October Thorns from way back, and now um, Conscious, uh, what is it? Um, actually, it's Drift into Black is the, oh, the next is that- current one. But critical oh, okay. consciousness is, is down the road. That's my next okay. solo project. I, I got the violin under an endorsement from NS Designs, which is Neil Steinberg's company, uh, Steinberger's company. And the reason I got it was I was offered a tour uh, in July in Europe. And um, I had all these tour dates lined up for 14 days straight. And I started asking questions like, well, that's great, but where are we going to do our laundry and do we have hotel rooms and what's going to happen if somebody gets COVID? Are we all getting in van in the van with the same guy or is he staying in a foreign country? And they said, <laughs> Oh, those are all really good questions, but, uh, but we, we don't have anybody else to do the tour. Just make him right on top. Get him right? right on top. Yeah. Just so once on. I started <laughs> asking questions, suddenly the, the tour was um, uh, revoked. Oh, so gosh. I was like, well, good luck with the next guy, because anybody who doesn't ask those questions. And I was like, mm-hmm. we're playing in Romania. That's 60 miles from the border of Ukraine. And I was mm-hmm. like, are you sure it's a good idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, my God. So yeah. that's why I got the violin. I really wanted to take it on this European tour. And that didn't happen. So I will be using it hopefully July 30th. Um, my band uh, ZO2, I'm playing keyboards for. Hopefully I can learn one song by July 30th. <laughs> Is that a possibility, Jim, do you think? It depends on the song. It's a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> it's a real I long shot. I was going to ask the song, but I don't know any of your songs. Any, you know. Actually, what I find with some of your music, I'm not into the heavy metal stuff, but some of them lure me in at the beginning. They're soft, they're gentle, they're enticing, and then they slam you. And that's what I go, next song. Yep, that's, that's the point. They want to, you know, kind of lure you in and then kaboom. Not I didn't think they were all like that in heavy metal, but some of them would go, oh, wow, I can really like this. And then yep. dynamics are important. The, the, the loud sounds louder if you if you give people something soft. So that range oh. is what sucks you in. So then when the yeah. impact comes, it's even more it's more for contrast. contrast. Right? And it is. Yeah. Oh, man, is it ever? It really is. Symphonic but, music yeah. too. Symphonic music will lull you in with some nice, right. you know, soft stuff, and then boom. Yeah, they, but it's a go, different boom. It's a way they, different boom. It's a way, kind of way, boom I could deal with. The way they do it in symphonic music is they do soft and loud, or they'll start with loud and then go soft and then it'll go loud. So there's all these variations that are going on, soft and loud, back and forth, sometimes changing keys, changing rhythms, but all the time giving you the dynamic contrast, which really make it interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes That's it fun. awesome. And in case all the listeners haven't, and viewers haven't guessed, We've got two musicians here. Um, Jim also has, well, what, Jim? You've been a musician as long as I've known you, and I've known you for 30 years. I've been a lot longer than that. (laughs) What, your whole life, probably. Yeah. You want to introduce yourself? Oh, no. (laughs) For the first time, after all this time, you want to introduce yourself? I'm not a a great musician in that regard. I'm just, you know, I'm a dabbler. I have fun with it. I do what I like, enjoy myself. 
and you were on a reality show for a while. Yeah, I was on uh, uh, Mozart in the Jungle, which is an Amazon Prime TV show that anybody can watch anytime they want to if they've got Amazon Prime, and it's free. It's half an hour segment, so they're easy to binge, and it's easy to quit because they they stop so quickly. Um, <laughs> um, and I was. I wasn't an acting part, but I was in the orchestra actually playing next to several of the lead roles. So I got into most of the shots when there was a full orchestra, which is, it was a lot of fun. You know, I've never watched an episode, but I'm going to, and I will, I will give you my opinion next on our next show. I wish I had a nickel for everybody who said that. (laughs) And you never hear any feedback? Uh, No, they they always say, I'm going to watch that show. It sounds like a lot of fun. And then they, I am going to watch <laughs> it. But um, so somehow all these wonderful musicians and me <laughs> are here for you guys to answer your questions. But um, so where do we stand with tonight's topic? I mean, there's so many really um, important elements of what I want to talk about today. But Jim, you had brought something up the other day that um, I found very fascinating because I want to deal with healing your past because <clears throat> I feel in the work that I do with clients that if we don't heal the real core issues and deal with the past, you're going to be in a repeating pattern for the rest of your days. You're never going to be able to get out of it. And what happens is that in our childhood, certain things cause us to have traumas. And people think that, <clears throat> oh, I'll get a new relationship, I'll get a better job, I'll get more friends, I'll you know, get more beautiful, lose weight, whatever it is. And those things do not resolve the things that are driving you. And a good way to know if you do have wounds from your, from your childhood and your past or whenever there's repeating patterns in your life, when you draw on the same types of circumstances. And what I usually see with my clients is that you could change your job, you can change your relationships, you could change whatever you want. You could lose 50 pounds and end up with new people in your life, but the names and faces might change, but the situation's the same. So I'm going to be talking today through about a bunch of different techniques that I use with clients. But Jim brought up something very interesting when we were discussing the show this week, saying that there were three lives that had to be healed. Three pasts. Three pasts. Three pasts. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I found it fascinating, and it it does tie into some work I did with one guy um, regarding one of the the pasts that you talked about. So the first past would be the one that you just talked about, which would be like your inner child, the, the, the past of this life, uh, you know, from your birth until today, uh, and the different things that you go through. And uh, at times uh, you run into things and they don't heal and you don't get to process them properly because you're too young to know how and there was no one to support you or whatever. And so you ended up absorbing that uh, into your, your character and that guided you or still guides you in how things happen. The, uh, the next one would be um, your ancestral past. And some people would that say, well, that could, that could be your that genetics. That was the one. 
No, yeah. but that was the one that there is a lot of ties and people mm-hmm. don't realize it. That you but have are... this ancestry karma that mm-hmm. actually is genetically coded within you and there are ways to break that. And, and this is very predominant in Asian cultures where they 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 will look at the at people in their past and historic figures who did terrible things and people will start offerings and things like that as a way to try and uh, uh, Alleviate, alleviate the, the issues that are showing up in their life that are based on that person's uh, influences or activities, if so, you will. So offerings alone would do it? So you offer some spirit? Well, um, I'm not saying that does it. I'm just saying that's what they do. I, 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 I'm kind of convinced that the, the way to get to these other two paths would be more along things like shamanic journeys where you get to actually go into the place where that resides and understand it. I just wrote that in the, did you see me just type that in the script? No, I I did not. I literally just put it in, shamanic journey. Journeying, I can't even speak today, but yeah, I just wrote it. Because I think that's important. It's good to have a guide if you're going to do this kind of work because (laughs) it it requires going into yourself and you don't want to be guiding yourself while you're doing that because you want to be experiencing and working with the material that comes up. Um, I agree. And, and the third one, of course, would be past lives. So any kind of material that comes up from previous lives can reflect in today. Um, and that's, that's most teachings on karma that believe in uh, reincarnation. Uh, reincarnation and karma kind of depend on each other. Because the idea is that uh, when you're reborn, you're reborn based on your karma. And that, that rebirth will reflect things from your past life. Um, and so... Uh, uh, there's there's certain principles that apply to to karma, and and one of those principles would be that actions that you performed in the past life would come back to you, would come back at you. Uh, others would be that there's parts about this life that are similar to the last life. So if you were a thief in the last life, you can have a greater propensity to be one in this life. So th- these are this is another example of of uh, the past that you need to heal. Let me ask you a question, though. Wouldn't you think as a karmic debt that you would be stolen from rather than be a thief in this lifetime to try to balance that two, karmic debt? Two directions. Debt? Two kinds of karmic result happen from any that kind of an influence. And you're right. You would, ha- you would be in a place where you wouldn't have property or your property would be taken away from you a lot. Um, um, if you lie a lot, then you'll find yourself born in a place where people don't trust you and you can't depend on where you are. You can't depend on anyone. So these, if you see these things going on in your life, those kind of habits could be uh, from the past of either of those, uh, any of those three things that I just mentioned. Um, I've done shamanic journeying, and that was, for me, quite um, eye-opening and amazing But after going through a bunch of stuff with um, a neighbor um, accidentally or negligently poisoning my dogs and a lot of dogs dying, um, I struggled a lot with um, trying to figure out how to get over the trauma. And what I love about psychology nowadays is that years ago, the approach to psychology was always just in your head. That's all. I mean, you talk. Nowadays, psychology addresses and understands the mind-body connection. 
And there are several techniques that I use, and there's many, many techniques that are out there that actually help you to build new neural pathways by various techniques or, 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 or um, modalities. And um, the interesting part of that is, is that after you actually do these tapping or other techniques or eye movement techniques or whatever it is that you're using, the body continues, the mind-body connection continues to clear out all that um, gooky stuff in your energy and helps to build those new neural pathways to actually resolve it for like mm-hmm. 48 hours after a session, which I find mm-hmm. amazing. So I got certified in all this stuff because I was certified from the mid-1990s on thought field therapy, which was the original tapping process um, out there. It was but developed by... That's, that's what they call EFT now? Um, it, they still have the thought field therapy. It's just not oh, okay. that well known. Okay. And it was uh, it was invented by Dr. Roger Callahan, and he actually worked with an osteopath because he was trying to understand the actual energy meridians in the body. Mm-hmm. So he had a very standard, and that tapping process is still used worldwide. Where his is different is that there's many different algorithms. And I think mm-hmm. I've told the story on the show many, many times about Al- um, when algorithms. I, what are algorithms? algorithms? In this case, how does does algorithms apply in this case? Well, there's a very standard tapping process for thought field therapy where you start here, you're going here to the inner eyebrow, the outer, under the eye, under, in between the nose and the lip, the chin, below the collarbone, under the arm, and then the kamut, this area here. So if that, if you're not getting the client's, emotions down then you change up that algorithm and he has developed and his wife continues he's passed away but his wife continues on the research behind it she will change up the patterns and the frequencies and the even the um, pressure of tapping and that's what we call algorithms in in the tapping process but i also got certified in the emdr and all of that other stuff because it really, there's so much research behind that nowadays um, that really substantiates um, the amazing progress that you can make. And I'm living proof because I'm a 9-11 survivor and I spent a good 15, 16, 17 years in traditional therapy just talking about it. And I was a mess. <laughs> but mm-hmm. once I started this therapy, I was able to resolve a lot of stuff. And wind therapy, too. I mean, that which, which one, as well. Which one helped you the most? I would say um, a combination of the, um, well, the EMDR in a in an umbrella that has many different modalities. Those all were helpful because originally I was going, before COVID, I was going face-to-face with a therapist, and it was eye movement. Then they they started doing a bi bilateral tapping process, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and which still I mean you're working with being able to build those new neural pathways, and I actually find that more much like more tap, for me. You like the tapping for, better than the. Yeah. I do, 
Well, to me, That's the fine. eye movement was starting. But because of the actually, light bar with all the little lights that go back and forth? No, actually, they were just that? using, no, they were just using like a little dangle thing. Yeah. And we tried yeah. it when even, you know, through Zoom, and I didn't, I, I didn't like it. There's actually in the original thought field therapy that I was certified in in the mid-1990s, there's actually part of the original, the main algorithm has eye movements in it as well. Um, oh. And it always bothered me. I'm not big on the eye movements. I'm not. So for me, the tapping is really mm-hmm. the key. But it is so effective. But more effective is that what I was saying earlier, nowadays psychology has identified that link between mind and body. So you don't just work with this. You work with the body. You identify in your body what the feelings and emotions are. And any, even any stiff points, any nervous feelings, any tension, any, anything that feels different in your body, you identify that, focus on that. And there's various techniques in being able to release those body um, mm. sensations through tapping and other means. And mm. that's really what brings that, those new neural pathways to start releasing all the trauma that we store mm-hmm. in our body. So I find it amazing. It's it really is. Psychology has come a long way since we were in school. Yeah. What you, well, I don't know. Do you have a degree in psychology? I don't. No, I have oh. a lot of years. A lot of years going to therapy, but I never got a degree in it. <laughs> oh, all right. Because I have but my I, degree in psychology, but it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. everything is so different today. It mm-hmm. really, really is different. And you work pretty much the same system that I do with inner child work. Where did you learn that through your own experiences in therapy? So the very first therapist that I ever had uh, had my parents and me read a book called the, 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 the Something Child Within, The Child Within or something like that. It's like the very first book that was ever written on inner child work uh, by the therapist. It was given, he was doing that work with me while he was also uh, having my parents read it. So that was probably 1960. Wow. Maybe 65, wow. somewhere on air. No, 1965, yeah, somewhere on air. It was very young. Um, um, so that's where I first was introduced to the idea. And so it's been lingering around in my aura all, all my life in some way or other. So were you, did that resonate with you at that age? The reason why no. I'm asking, well, like this, this me guy, too. We don't want to talk <laughs> about this guy. This guy okay. was not a good, good person. He, he no. Told, he, he, talked, he talked to me for a long time. When I finally revealed a little of myself to him, he went and told my parents everything I said. <laughs> oh, God. That's Total really, violation of everything. Right, I was just yeah, going to say like, that. That, yeah, was, no, that really that is. Uh, you know, Shouldn't for me, my, per, my first introduction to inner child work, because I was broken back then, is how am I going to nurture me when, mm-hmm. when I've never been nurtured? And I had such resentment to that idea of having to do that because I didn't feel like I was able to, but right. you know, through the years of healing in different ways, you get to the point because one thing I really want to point out and somewhere after we take a few calls, I want to talk about a, a situation. I want to talk about two situations, a recent client situation, and I will not use names obviously, and something that was, that is going on in my life. And I want to explain how I'm dealing with it because my technique is a million times different than 99% of the uh, techniques that clients use. And I'm just going to give you one quick example. Um, I have a client who works at a very major 
um, car uh, uh, builder place, you know. Factory? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, she's a salesperson now. Oh, okay. Um, and she said to me last night or the night before, um, you know, she there's somebody in her office that, you know, there's some sort of chemistry and everything. And she says, well, what I always do is, um, you know, I, I just block them out. And, you know, this way I don't think about it or, resolve, or, you know, worry about it. But I said to her, that's absolutely the wrong thing to do because you're just repressing an emotion and it's going to keep coming up. And what I want to talk about tonight, once we take a few callers, is how I do it. And it's a 180 to what she suggested, because the technique I'm going to teach you tonight is the only way to really get it resolved. Because the more you give your power away to whatever it is that's bothering you, and the more you try to shut it out, like what happens when you go to the gym and you do resistance training? You build stronger muscles. So when you try to resist thinking about somebody or you deny that you have feelings for somebody, what happens? It grows stronger. At least it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. (laughs) It doesn't go away. So I'm going to talk a little bit later about some things like that, but I'm curious, like um, who we have on the, on the, um, uh, switchboard. If do we have any callers that are ready? It looks like we've had a few that have been screened. Um, um, let's see. You want to pick one? Um, I only I only see the first one has a description. You know, I'm sometimes delayed here in getting the. Uh, do you um, have, do you have more descriptions there on the other ones? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a lot more right. right now. Okay, so up. then pick whatever you want. Oh, now I see one coming up. Um, The second one is too general. How about this one? Tanika, how are you? Hi. Hello, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Hi, Lady Fontaine. Hi, how are you? You're doing good? I'm okay, thank you. Okay. So, what's going on? What's, what's your question? Help, you know, tell us what's going on with you. Um, I just wanted to know, Lady something what you see in the areas of my life um, future-wise um, for health and moving. I um, recently went through a procedure, a surgical procedure on May 20th, um, hoping I did the right thing. And I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going to have any more issues or any health setbacks that you see. And also, supposed to be moving uh, with my mom because she wants to move and um, so I'm not able to live on my own yet. Of course, there's some things that I want, and so I would have to go with her. And I'm just wondering if you see a good thing or, or not around to move something like that with, with her coming up. Are you moving south with her? Um, yeah, it's supposed to be in the Florida area. Yeah, that's what I was feeling, um, which surprises me. I didn't think you would be doing that, but I could understand the necessity of doing it right now. Um <clears throat> As far as health goes, and I'm going to let Jim talk to you a little bit about what's going on, but as far as what I feel, I still feel there's a snag somewhere. So after the surgery, are you having um, issues still, um, or is it just slowly getting your strength back? Because I, I feel your energy depleted, 
and I do feel some snag in your body. Um, so where do you stand right now? It's like slowly getting my um, energy back, and it's like a heel inside. It was a surgery on an organ inside, so it's like not comfortable on a daily basis to be healing-wise, you know, because it's an internal thing. So it's very uncomfortable daily to sit here like this. Mm-hmm. You can like, kind of feel it, you know, and it's like not like you can touch it or fix it. It's like inside, you know, so it was really painful, and it's also uncomfortable. But they they tell me that's the healing process that I have to go through, and it's different because it's something internal. So it's just, yeah, like, right. uncomfortable. Uncomfortable meaning painful or uncomfortable meaning there's like, other things you're seeing? Like irritated, <laughs> um, like irritated, contributing to maybe, like, a little bit of digestion issues. And so I'm just hoping that I did the right thing because it was removing something that was not supposed to be there. But at the same time, I was so wary of letting it go in that area, finally, of my body, you know, because I had a feeling that because I'm sensitive, it would be like this, I caused disruption. So I'm hoping that nothing, that I didn't do the wrong decision by going through with this. I don't think you did a wrong decision from a psychic perspective. I think you're going to be all right. But I want Jim to dig into this because he's the healer here. And then I'll, I'll sum it up. So, okay. so is it is it like when you're in certain positions or you move certain ways, things tug and it doesn't feel good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay. That's that's all. The, that's all the suturing that they you know they 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 don't just sew up the skin, but they sew up layers inside when they come back out. So it takes a while for all that connective tissue to figure out how to move with your body well, and it's still healing. So it's going to take some time. I think you did the right thing, and it's just it's there. You're right that that's what you have to go through. You take several weeks for it to get better, and and you're only halfway through that. So you should probably probably about six weeks in, you'll be saying, "Oh yeah, it's okay. It's much better now." Okay, I hope so. I can't wait. It's so uncomfortable. I hate to not feel strong, and I feel like so not strong. Yeah. I know you do. I mean, I could feel it in your energy. You really seem. depleted. I don't know what else to say. Jim, is there anything that you could suggest to her from well, a Chinese? Well, I know you, I don't, well, is there anything you can suggest? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you have, you have wounds, <clears throat> excuse me, you have wounds. Uh, so, so one of the tricks I would say is, you know, maybe think about Arnica, which is a mm. healing herb. And that's the best mm-hmm. thing for after surgery. I once had a yeah, I was that. You I keep on taking it. Keep okay. on taking it. I'm telling you, I had a thoracotomy. Is that? Am I saying it right, Jim? Yeah. I have a scar that's this long on my side, and I I was fine, absolutely fine. And I I was on. There's a medical grade of the arnica that you can get for surgical procedures. It's different. So mm-hmm. Google it online and see if you can get it. Um, it was tremendous for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, think about bone soup. Okay. Cause well, collagen is brilliant. He's brilliant tonight. <laughs> I agree. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so because, because it has a lot it's of collagen and, and the right food, because you need to build a lot of matrix back up in your, right. in your uh, connective tissue. So you want to, you want to, you want to bring more of that into your body. So bone soup, uh, if you don't have bone soup or you don't know how to make it, 
uh, or you can't buy it in the store. What you can do is just take a whole chicken and, and uh, put it in the pressure cooker, and you get bone soup real quick. You can do the same thing with, with uh, uh, soup bones. Put them in a pressure okay. cooker. 45 and a minutes. side effect, a side effect, a beneficial side effect of it, because I go on to bone broth fast, is it really works almost like a facelift. It really does, oh. because it's the perfect nutrient for your body. It is. It tightens skin, and it helps beautify your skin as well. Oh, I have to try that. <laughs> so that's just like a little side benefit that you might experience. But Jim is right. He's nailing it. Mm, okay. I can try those. Okay. When you make bone soup, you don't have to just make it with just a bone and water uh, or just a bunch of bones and water. You can, you can make a stew out of it, but the whole idea is to get as much of the collagen out of the bone as you can. And the, the pressure cooker is a great way to do that because it, it really heats the, the collagen up and, and distributes it through the, through the soup. You can tell if it works by letting the soup cool down and it gets, turns into jello. It's really <laughs> quite interesting. Um, could you eat the Jello itself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what it is. And Jello is uh, Jello is also collagen. So yeah, you can do that. You're right. It is. Yeah. So the I, I like mm-hmm. these suggestions. Except you get all the sugar or sweetener yeah, with yeah. with uh, Jello. So the bone yeah. broth is best. And you could also buy. It's horrible tasting, but you could actually buy bone broth powder. But it doesn't mix in well. I've tried that. I've tried it, putting it into bone broth to, like, triple the benefits and everything. But it's not as good. I mean, it just doesn't work as well. So I I like all those suggestions that he said. But I feel you did the right thing, Tanika. And I do believe that um, you will be at a point, if it's six weeks, if it's eight weeks, if it's four weeks from now, whatever it is, where you're happy you did the surgery and you feel like this is the beginning and the start of something new. Oh my God. I I haven't heard good news in so long. So that's like, I know like lately my days have been such bad news and bad experiences. Like each day, I can feel it just been very heavy. So that's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had a real quick question about the, the dietary stuff, the, uh, the bone broth soup. Um, is the Vietnamese pho considered bone broth, Jim? Gosh, I don't know. I've never tried it. Oh, it's <clears throat> delicious. But I, I believe it's a real slow cook process, and it, and it uses the full, you know, the, the bone marrow from the like a beef leg of, you know, it's, it's it supposedly. Should. Yeah, that yeah. would do it. That would do it. Long, slow cook or, or a high-pressure cook. Yep. You know. it's, and it's delicious. That's the benefit for me. <laughs> But it's very full. It's salty, though. It's very full of it sodium. It is. There's a lot right? of sodium in it, too. Yeah. But it's, uh, Vietnamese pho comes in this huge bowl with all kinds of vegetables, and um, it's really, really delicious. <laughs> See, that's the way to do it, even with bone broth, is to add in some onions and mushrooms right. or whatever it is that you like. Then you're making it into a meal that you're really enjoying. I mean, I sip bone broth just mm-hmm. for the collagen-boosting effects of it. I'm right. telling all yeah. deepest and darkest <laughs> secrets. <laughs> but I, I think it's a great, great thing. Now, as far as the move for you, oh, Jim, was there anything else you wanted to share with That's her? That's it. I'm good. You? Okay. Yeah. So as far as the move goes, um, I think for now you, you should just make peace with yourself and do it. 
Um, I actually feel that the move almost feels a bit transformational to me. So getting out of New York for a while and heading south feels like it's the right thing for you to do. Um, I don't know that you'll always be down there, but I actually feel you can build a quite interesting life there if you chose to stay. Um, so what I would urge you to do is just get your mind around the idea that you're moving and go have a, try to heal, have a good time, and see what opportunities afford themselves for you there and keep in touch with me. Um, I, I have a feeling it could work out pretty well for you. If not, you could probably get into a situation where you are headed back wherever you want to be in, within, you know, months. I'm not yeah. saying right away. But um, how did things ever turn out with that uh, court case? The, the lawyer, I was waiting around for the longest, and he had asked for a different time date from the from the judge. So the judge said, okay, fine, you know, we would send you a different date. And then I was waiting months and months, and then I would text the lawyer every once in a while to ask him, have you heard anything? And then he would just be like, nope, not yet. Like he kind of, kind of just faded away, off. and then he finally said, yeah, and he finally said, oh, I think they dropped the case. Um, sorry. Um, I think they deemed it, like, not not eligible. And I said, but I didn't even hear anything. We didn't even get a chance to fight. And he's like, I'll send you the paperwork. And he hasn't sent me anything. So I never even got a case, and I haven't been working all this time. I've just been, like, living off of my savings, which is also dwindling. And that that's also right. why I'm not at a good point mentally and emotionally, no. because right. I don't like that's to not tough. be working. And also, like, right. that, that's why I worry about being around my family, too, like my mom and stuff. I don't know if they're the healthiest for me to be healing physically, like, something from something like this around. So that's why I, like, worry, you know, because I don't have anything lined up right now, and I'm around them. And even something happens today, I don't always feel supported. So I worry about my body dealing with this, too, now. And, like, if, if going to Florida will bring money and be able to be processed for me or not, or, you know, if I'm doing the I right thing. Which... It, I feel it could work out well for you. I really do. Okay. So that's why I want you to get your, your head around it. Um, <clears throat> and some of the things that we're going to talk about today might also be beneficial for you um, in helping you to come up with some techniques to help you sort of get more grounded. And something is easy. I mean, it's so easy to ground yourself, but something as easy as, you know, when you get down to Florida, walking on the beach, you know, barefoot, if you can do that, and especially if you're at the edge of the water and you're having the conduction from the water and the sand or rocks or soil, it's phenomenal. But even for now, um, I know you're in New York, but I mean, are there any trees nearby that you can go to just Kidding. touching right Sorry. Well, I there's been trees enjoying. everywhere right now right it's crazy right well you're up further than she is you're, oh. you're you're in the city somewhere tanika right i'm in long island in uh Suffolk oh. County, long island. oh oh yeah you got lots of trees there. you got yeah. trees all yeah. over i would find yourself a nice tree park tree filled park and and just hang out for and a while sit Sit next to a tree, lean on a tree, hold a tree, talk to a tree, cry to a tree. I know it sounds corny. Smell a tree, mm-hmm. whatever. Do it because that's going to end. But just hold the tree and really feel. I mean, the tree is the most grounded and rooted thing that there is. Absorb that yeah. energy. And, it will help you. Here's an interesting thing you can also do. 
Um, one year with that tree, what I like to do is I like to sit down in the roots, on the roots of the tree and like read a book for a while just to kind of soak up that energy. Mm, good. Um, and, like and, and you can, you can give the tree a gift as a thank you. I love you can that. Bury a quarter or something like that at the roots of the tree. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little offering to the tree in gratitude for his help. That's wonderful. That's so nice. I love that. There's a tree yeah. outside of my chiropractor's office that I've, I always spend time with. I'm going to give it an offering next time I'm there. That is so sweet. Right? Yeah. yeah There's a tree out it. in my yard that I, I go to a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. But, yeah, Tanika, nice. try that. Get yourself grounded because I'm telling you, this can turn out to your benefit. Don't resist it. Um, I just put... I just put something out on Facebook the other day about, you know, uh, you know, certain paths just open in your life. Follow them. Don't resist them. This one you're being forced into, and sometimes we're forced into it because we resist and we resist and we resist. And then it gets to a point where the universe is like going, well, you know, bang, 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 wake up already. And it gives us, and it clobbers us with stuff. So I think you're at that point right now, and I think stop resisting and start going for it. And you have an opportunity right now to move south with your parents, do it, and do it with love and hope and anticipation and, you know, expect good things. Yeah, okay. I I will. I, I just, have, they've been so toxic especially my mom to me for a while, so it Aww. kind of scares me to be have to be, to have to be around them. But I will. For now, it's I, not permanent. Yeah. And maybe somebody could think of a way for you to sort of block out the toxicity. Jim, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, because who do oh. I have up here? Just Frank. Like that's that's nobody. I have no one else up here. Oh, okay. How to, how to, well, I think the tree is a great idea, actually. I, that's what I do is I run away. I, I go and find myself in a different place. Um, wait till this thing stops. <laughs> and living in the now, too, right. Even living in the now, really getting yourself into feeling, you know, like um, wind blowing through your hair. Like you hear, you're, you, you've listened to the show for a long time. I'm always talking about being on a motorcycle. I mean, there's no feeling like the wind blowing through your hair. And I mean, it's an amazing feeling. So imagine that or become aware of colors like purples mm-hmm. or pinks, bright, vibrant mm-hmm. colors to get yourself into the now. Jim, well, I want to I, turn it back over to you. Zipping I know. It up. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, know a, I know a healer who, uh, when he finds himself going in places in his mind that he doesn't want to be, he just imagines himself being a horse that's running, a horse that's running on the beach, you know, in the tide. So you got all the, oh, the water wow. splashing around, and just I am that horse, and just being that horse, and and it takes oh, a, wow. a, total, a total different personality. That a is a powerful image because yes. you could that's feel it. I'm a horse yeah. in Chinese astrology, a, a earth horse. So that's oh. also why, like, I like I, I like to feel strong, and that's why this bothers me so much. Because it's like everything about my nature, like I like to feel strong and free and independent to choose where I want to go and just to get get up and go. And this is like physically and emotionally like very hard. Sure. So, but that's where I am. I 
But that might, that visual, and feel it become that stallion or that horse. For uh, You would probably want to be a female horse. A foe? A mare. A mare. A mare. (laughs) That's what I know about horses. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Um, You know, but you still embody that strength and that power and that freedom of movement. You know, I, I, I think that's the answer for you. Okay. That's such good news to hear. Thank you. And keep us posted. I will. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good to talk. I'm going to check out the show on Amazon and go and make some bone broth and take oh. my eyes off. Yay. All right. Good. And Thank I think you. next time we talk, you'll be in a lot better shape. I hope so. I can't wait. I'll keep and you also, posted. you might want to think of... Um, uh, well, I'll 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 send you an email. I'll send you an email okay. with some other ideas. All right. Yeah, I'll look. Yeah, I'll look out for it, and I'll, I'll let you know more about like something else I wanted to ask you, but I won't I won't keep you any longer. Okay. Thanks. All right, Tanika. Take okay. care. All right. Blessings. Thank to you. you. Thank All right. You. Bye. Bye. All right. Before okay. we take our next caller, because a lot of things are triggering in my head after talking to Tanika. Um, I, I want to talk about um, some of the things that I was hinting at earlier. And I think it's a, it's a big, um, I don't know if I want to say problem or issue in how we address problems in our life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the typical person, when they're bombarded with problems, be it financial, love, friends, um, money, you know, whatever it is, where do they look? Their past. The average person doesn't. They look to fix the problems oh, all oh, around them. Oh. And what hap- what's the best that we could ever expect to achieve by just fixing the problem in front of us? It's just temporary it solution. Well, what, what did you say? It well, depends on the problem. I mean, if my well, battery goes out, I'm going to fix it. <laughs> obviously, right. But if your battery, if you have a repeating pattern of the battery mm-hmm. always going out um, mm-hmm. or that constant car issues or something like that, um, just to continue to patch everything on the outside, where is it going to get you? Obviously, if something is hemorrhaging, you have to fix it. You have mm-hmm. to fix it in the moment. But there's the biggest problem that I see with the majority of my clients anyhow is that, okay, so we're not happy at work. We'll work harder at work. We'll go get a new job. We'll get a new boss. We'll try to get a promotion. We'll do all these things external to ourselves rather than, and this is already the third job in the past six years or something. You're saying we change our context instead of changing ourselves. That's what the majority of people do, correct? That's right. Right, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking outside, and that's something that, um, you know, obviously we couldn't keep Tanika on the phone the whole show, but yeah. instead of looking at, oh, God, you know, my dwindling savings or um, my dwindling health or anything like that, what happens is when you do that, you're giving all your power away to the problem. And what my big suggestion is, is shift that focus back to yourself. And an easy way to understand that, it's a little bit more difficult with health issues to really, I think, embody that. 
but let's assume that you're in a love relationship and that love relationship isn't going well. And, you know, being America's number one love psychic, I get a lot of calls about relationships. And the majority of people give too much, say too much, um, try to fix too much, think about too much. I have people who call me that are waiting for years for somebody to pick up the the phone to call them rather than honoring themselves and being able to shift that focus back to themselves to determine what it is that they really need and want out of life and then go get it. Because when we're sitting and waiting or wanting, and I talk about wanting a lot, I mean, if we look up the definition of want, it's lack of. So based on the law of attraction, if you sit around wanting Joe to call, you're going to have more of wanting Joe to call. That's exactly what you're going to attract into your life. If you keep your focus on yourself and work on filling all those inner gaps within yourself, you're honoring yourself. And when you honor yourself, what happens? The universe starts honoring you with sending you things that um, match the same vibration that you're at. You know, there was something I just saw before the show um, on Facebook that I, I, I actually am going to post in the next day or so. Um, it's a picture of Sam Shepard, and it says, even though there are days I wish I could change some things that happened in the past, there's a reason the rearview mirror is so small and the windshield is so big. When you're headed, where you're headed is much more important than what you left behind. And that's a great philosophy, but it's not really true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, it, it's wonderful to look ahead instead of holding on to all the, um, the trauma from the past. But we can't just say, all right, I release all the trauma and magically it's gone. You have to work through it. And there's a million different techniques. I mean, Jim and I use inner child healing, but there's a million different techniques out there to help you do that. But the, the, the important thing that I'm trying to convey is that we give our power away to the problem 99% of the time. And once we start taking that power back and start asking questions, gee, how do I really feel about this? Or, um, you know, what was the first time I remember feeling this way? Or where in my body do I feel it? Or, you know, shifting that focus or identifying those sad and broken parts within ourselves and start nurturing those parts of ourselves rather than nurturing every memory of somebody who hasn't reached out to you for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shift that focus where it belongs. And that's how you empower yourself and you honor yourself. So that's the big message that I have for today because I think that's the most important thing. We give our power away to our problems and we let them control us and ultimately, you know, on some level destroy us because we lose faith, we lose trust, we lose confidence, we lose a lot of things when we do that. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> that's all you have to say it's okay <laughs> well I, yeah it's absolutely right because uh, avoidance is how we, we we tend to in our culture how we tend to handle things uh, so avoidance would mean change the wife change the job change the house uh, you know instead of uh, although you know if I find myself in a house that requires more repair than I can possibly manage I think that that's makes different. sense different yes but uh, that is uh, are you, are you, your face stopped moving on the, on the video? I'm, I'm here. 
You don't see okay. me moving? You, you no. froze up. There you now go. you're there moving. You go. All right. <laughs> we all froze up for a second. I don't know <laughs> where Paul is, but maybe he's working feel cold. or something. Um, anyway, uh, uh, but, but there, you know, when, when you've finally found that right place, you know, the grass is always greener and you're going to go over there and then realize, well, maybe it isn't so green here. Uh, maybe it's because you brought the brown with you. You brought the, the burnt grass with you there. It's always. And, it's always. Yeah, it's often the case. So, um, um, so yes, it's really good to, instead of running away from the problem, to actually, uh, somebody just did something here, so I'm going to check it. Okay. Um, it's, it's better to actually confront the problem, to confront the actual source of the issue. And, and in many cases you go, well, what, what's the source? Well, um, that's a meditation problem for me. You know, that's the going inside and, and, and actually honestly asking myself and waiting for an answer or a journaling problem. I'll sit and journal and I'll go, okay, what's, what's going on? Why is this happening? And then I'll just let myself free associate, just write down everything that comes up. And it's really incredible how that is. And that's for me is the biggest tool that I've found, but I've used a lot of other tools with other people because they don't like journaling. So, so, or it doesn't work for them. Um, so uh, one of them is what you, what you mentioned, inner child work. Uh, and it, that's a lot, a lot like a shamanic journey, the way I work it. Because, because I, I take people, you know, to a place and I say, you know, so you've got this, this thing that's going on all the time where, you know, can you find where that is? And I use the word, is it in your body? Because that's something I learned in the 90s. And it's really good. It really helps. Where in the body do you hold that? Where can you find that? Just, just scan your that's body perfect. and find the place. That's perfect. And, and then when you go there, okay, I want you to go there in your mind and just be there for a while. What do you see? And, and then walk them through. And eventually they'll run to a person. You know, or I'll suggest it. It's, or a you, memory, you, even. Or Well, no, it's, it's, it's a person. Use all of these as a person. And I'm looking for a person because I want them to be able to actually personify the part, the, the, the hurt part, so they can actually have an interaction with it and engage right, with it. Right, right. And, and go to that part every time it shows up and say, so what's going on? Why are you showing up right now? And it's really incredible the way that works because – because people are suddenly given a leverage where they didn't have it before to be able to understand what's going on inside themselves. It's like opens up the, the, the egg, the shell of who they are. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot of fun. But I've worked with EMDR. Uh, I have a, a friend who's a therapist in, in Connecticut, and uh, he wanted to swap EMDR sessions with me. So we did that. Ah. We did back and forth. So I was and how did how that work for it. you? Right. And how, how did that work for you? Um, I thought it was it was kind of interesting. It didn't it wasn't world shattering. It wasn't like you know the things that really the epiphanies that I've had and the powerful uh, uh, events that have that have uh, cathartic events that have that have uh, really uh, changed my life. It didn't do that, uh, but it was it was interesting because you know, it, it is it it's intended to induce a dreamlike state in your mind so that you can approach subconscious things and in a safe way and, and, and see them and understand them and work with that. So it's, I, I like that. It's not like you're, you're being told something by a therapist. It's more like you're telling yourself and the therapist is just facilitating that conversation. Right. Right. Um, so it's your own I wanted, material. 
Right. And I want to um, just sort of add to what you said before about how you work with your body. What I do is I try to identify in my body where I'm storing whatever kind of feelings or emotions. And then consciously, I just go inside my body and I start just starting out just as I'm here. I'm here mm-hmm. for you. I'm here to listen. I'm here to learn. Um, is there anything you want to share? Is there anything you need? And I start just having a dialogue. Sometimes I could feel that part just as happy with me being there. Sometimes mm-hmm. that part of me just wants to be left alone, and I will honor that, but stay nearby if it starts to open up. But I want it to know that I'm here because that's what I was talking about before is that we give it all away to stuff external to ourselves and we don't have that inner connection. And without having that inner connection and without honoring the parts that are broken and hurt and feeling so alone, we're never going to achieve anything. Because when I see patterns in people's lives, like nobody, nobody, no relationship ever works out. Nobody loves me. Nobody ever cares. Every job, you know, falls apart or whatever. It's something within ourselves that's causing that to happen because your outer world is always a reflection. It's always a mirror of what's going on inside of you. So to start honoring those parts and being there for yourself is the most powerful thing. I mean, I just said to a client yesterday, they're saying, you know, Joe doesn't love me anymore. And I said, start loving yourself. You'll see how quick that will turn around. And it's not a matter of pretending. You can't pretend, but it's giving yourself that love. And I remember, you know, a few months ago, we were talking about one of my friends from way back from Brooklyn, um, Pat. Remember we had Uh mentioned her a while ago? And um, I remember a long, long time ago, I'll never forget the look you gave me. Um, We were sitting around having a seance or something and Uh, I was talking about, you know, being good to yourself and honoring yourself. And she said, I get my hair and nails done every week, you know, and that was her. And it used to be mine. I can't, because you looked at me and I looked at you. And that used to be my idea of honoring myself. But Mm -hmm. there's other parts than the physical that we have to learn to honor and listen and hear and feel and get in touch with. And those are the parts that we're most afraid of because we think that's where all the pain is. But truly, that's the only way to relieve the pain. Otherwise, you're going to continue in this perpetual pattern of pain and suffering. But there's another thing, too. And that is what happens is after you've, gone, you've gotten to know the part and you finally developed a relationship with that part and you respect each other and take care of each other, you you've enter into a place where you're in integrity with all of your parts. And when that happens, it's like it's like a different world. It's like it's no longer you're, you're no longer fighting everything. Right. It's all of exactly. a sudden everything is everything's moving smoothly. You have energy <laughs> to do what you want to do. You can move forward. You can you can. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's just such a different place than than the place of you know seeing yourself as a victim to all the problems that are going on outside of you, but actually inside of you. Um, there is a new system of inner child work, um, uh, intra-family systems or whatever it is that works with the various parts mm-hmm. of you. It's not necessarily physical. Sometimes it is, um, but um, it, it has that same effect as you identify all these parts, but you do have the sort of like the option of being able to 
put everybody around a conference table and actually make sure everyone's aligned with the same ideas and hear those opposing views um, and, and understand what parts of you are in this direction, what parts are still closed off, what parts need attention or support, whatever it is. And the whole idea yeah. is to get everybody on the same page, ultimately, which is virtually what you said, because instead of fighting and resisting, because there's always this internal yeah. struggle going on inside of yeah. us, instead yeah. of buying into that, you find mm-hmm. that inner peace. And there's yeah. a million ways to do it. That's why I always say, my way isn't necessarily the right way for everybody. People have to find the systems that work for them. Um, and there's a million out there. We're just proposing and talking about some that we're familiar with. So have you heard of rebirthing? Yes. Okay. Um, I actually went through an exercise maybe 30 or 40 years ago. Um, uh-huh. I did not like it. Okay. So you're supposed to scream and everything. And no, 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 I, no, no. Oh. Oh, that's well, not what we're yeah. talking about. Oh, so, what, so are, what are you talking it's, it's, about? It's, it's kind of a, another piece of a uh, type of, uh, of inner child work where what you're really doing, uh, after you've finally connected with a part, but you realize that there's a tremendous amount of trauma, what you can do is you can, you can rewrite the history of that part. Yes, yes, I've done that. I've done okay. that. It's, it's kind of like there's... You know, the past is something that lives in our ear, between our ears. It doesn't live in the real world. There is no past if you're in, in, in your present experience. There's no past. It's something that comes out of our minds. And there's some part maybe dam- very, dam- very seriously damaged. Uh, and a way for this part to be brought back to being in alignment with you could, be, could well be to give it a different history. To, 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 uh, to, to say, okay, that's, that's one thing that happened, but let's, let's see if we can have a different way of, uh, uh, you know, who would you be if that wasn't your past? And let's give you a new past. This, you know, this part, let's say this happened instead. Or I can go back in time and actually be my own yes. advocate in a situation. Somebody's yes. going to do something that's very traumatizing, and I can stand up to them and, and you know, protect the inner child who's behind me and take them on. Well, that's my technique that I work with clients. That's the old technique, but I want to, I have to share this with you because you're going to get it. Um, You know, the house I grew up in, the the big old house. Mm -hmm. So that house has haunted me my whole life, the memory of that house and the fear of that house. And I had one great therapist that worked me through what you're calling the rebirthing process, which is part of the inner child work that I was doing with her And also we did a lot of tapping along with it. But what I ended up doing, I had such a big smile on my face when you were talking about it. At the end, basically what she has you do, and the three of us can relate to this because in some capacity we work with, you know, in the movie industry. I mean, we have trailers, sizzle reels. You guys have demo reels and stuff like that. But basically she would say to me, you know, make your trailer, your sizzle reel and rewrite the story. So what I did was I blasted out all those spooky walls in this, in the attic and I made it all glass and white and I could see every and lit everything up and got rid of the closets. And and I redid that room to my liking and the way I want it. So when I think of being up in that attic, I'm in this gorgeous sun palace. You said they have a new space. Yeah. It's a totally different image. Yeah. 
And it's a totally different feeling now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are parts of the house I haven't worked through to that point yet, but I was able to do it with the attic. And that was a real spooky part for me because my brother used to tell me there was all kinds of monsters and demons up there, and I believed them. And that's why we have all these issues because parents or older siblings or whatever tell us things that scare us, and then they tell us not to be scared. And that's where we start building that inner tug of war because of war because authority is telling us not to feel something, but we're scared crap. Yeah. <laughs> I went through that and, a bit too. Right. We all did. And and even parents going, Don't be scared, don't cry, don't be afraid, don't be this, don't be that. Problem yeah. is we are. We are right. all yeah. those things. So and then somebody's you're feeling, nurturing us. Right. You're not feeling validated because they're they're Bingo. you know, undermining what you're going through. Right. And they're saying, oh, that's silly, or oh, it's ridiculous. And you're like, right. yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling it. Feeling it. And that's the problem. Yeah. We lose our own perspective of what it's – we don't feel that we're entitled to feel bad. And, we're, and then we're forced to, to feel another way, and we start feeling guilt because we don't feel that way. And that's why, you know, how, what percentage of society is dysfunctional at this point and right 97 (laughs) or 98 percent for sure um because of that inner conflict and those are the things that you do have to work out you don't have to but if you choose to heal your past and be able to move forward in a free new vital way that's the way to do it you know i have a situation it gets a lot quieter it gets a lot quieter up here Right. Yes. I had a situation. Oh, Paul, were you just going to say Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, we're talking about healing our past, and I want to go back to the show we did on memory and how our memories are so flawed. Like, we, we are, what we consider our memory as like a film of what actually happened is such a, a myth, and we buy into that myth because yes. I know what happened. I was there. I right. remember you said X, Y, and Z, but it's like, how many times you've you've gone back and had your memory shown? Like, I remember a scene from a movie. That I remember that scene so well, and I know the angle of that scene right. in the movie. And then you watch the movie again, and your memory of that scene is completely off. And <laughs> right. so we we all have to kind of think about our memories are flawed. We can't think of our memories and hold on to them so tightly. Like that happened, and I know this is the way it happened. Our emotions color that memory so much that we have to, to be willing to accept that our memories aren't a hundred percent accurate, no matter what they are. It's like they're colored. And unless you have an actual videotape of what exactly happened or an audio tape, you can't trust your mind to replay the memory. You can't even exactly trust that. As it happened, you know? So what we're trying to heal is not only what happened in our past, but our emotional baggage that we attach to that, which is way more powerful than any factual occurrence. It's like that thing in your mind is so built up by your emotions and reaction to it, that that's what we have to learn to let go. It's like, it's not even a hundred percent, you know, that that's exactly what happened. It doesn't matter. It's what we choose to hold on. What I always say to clients is it doesn't matter what really happened. It's what your perception of what happened is. Right. um, And how it hurts you that matters. But the, what you just described is what I call false truths. I mean, right. 
believe it to be true, but that's what matters is we believe it to be true. We, that's the way it made us feel. That, it hurt us in that way. Does and it help you to let go, though, to recognize that maybe all that pain is based on something that's not, it didn't even happen that way? Cognitive behavioral therapy works with that concept. For me, the, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy does, is not effective because I'm such a strong believer in your beliefs dictate everything. So you can't, for me, you can't change my beliefs by telling me my beliefs aren't true. I've got to dig in deep enough to relive these things. And what, what, what Jim is called rebirthing. I, I don't know what it's called in the work that I do. It's not called that it's called something else, but whatever it's called, um, I find very effective. You're rewriting the story and you're rewriting it the way you want it written. And I just do a sizzle reel or a trailer and this is the new story. And I keep on reinforcing it and I do it when I'm tapping. So this way I get those, I'm building those new neural pathways and I'm able to free up some of that sludgy stuff in our, in our essence um, that's holding us back. But what I find the most difficult thing for me and clients is certain things that we choose to hold on to that we just can't let go. We just can't. We're not ready to let it go yet. We want to torture ourselves. Um, And that's because of the past, like especially, for instance, if a child is always left alone or a child is always told that they're not good enough and you believe it. So that becomes the core belief that you have. And what are you just going to say? I choose not to have that belief anymore. I choose to magically walk away from it. It takes a lot of digging. And that's why traditional therapy with just talking probably would take a lifetime to delve into it. But some of these new tapping or eye movement or whatever it is, I think they're very effective means. And I'm such a big advocate of inner child work to be able to to, to help free yourself from all this. The problem is they call it therapy, but it never is. It's only information. I mean, the whole belief in therapy right. You're right. is if you get information, you will be healed. And that's, that is the, that's their mantra, but it's not true. That's it is just not information. True. Uh, and it's you just need words. To, you need to actually go through a therapy of some sort. You need to do some way of treating right. yourself. And that's what we're discussing is how you can actually integrate those parts and, and, and come to come to have peace with them and even like them and even nurture them and even Bingo. become accept them the as nur- part of yourself. Right. The nurturing and part. And there's another them. step that I do to what you talked about before is I give that wounded part a voice. Like you talked about yeah. protecting that, that wounded part of yourself. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And eventually I want communication with that part. I want that part yeah. to be able to share with me what it needs and wants. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I could do it very effectively with the tapping, but you could do it just in your head or thoughts or yeah. whatever. It doesn't really matter yeah. how you do it. It. It, takes, it takes a while, and at least in the work that I do, you know, usually the patient will actually confront the individual They'll see the individual and, and, and recognize them, and the individual's position will, will give them information, right. you know, their posture and their emotions. Interesting. And, but, they, but they don't give them words. They, they won't talk. And I'm like, it's okay. It'll come. Right. Talk, talk, to your, talk to the part and, and see, see what happens. We always give them a name. They always have to have a name. Hey, guys, oh, we, got a, we got a lot of calls today. All oh, right. Let's, we, go, we can uh, take. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go. Okay, let me. There's one here I'm, I've been looking at. I want to. I want to hear from this person. Okay. Jessica. Jessica. Yes. Hello. 
Hi. This is Jim. How you guys doing? Okay. Uh, okay. So before what's your story? I, before I ask my question, the girl that you spoke to before, I actually live in Suffolk County. Oh, um, wow. And there's a park There's a park called Gardner Park. It's a dog park on Main Street. She should try that. It's beautiful. Uh, Tanika, she's still on, so hopefully she heard you. Thank you yeah, for sharing what's that. Of, what's, what's the name of the park? Uh, again, so in case she's running for a pen, what's the name of that park? Sure, it's Gardner Park. Gardner Park. Okay, that's not easy to forget. <laughs> Gardner, it's true, yeah, right? Yeah, where Gardner's going. Okay. Thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing that. You're welcome. Okay, so um, I was dating someone for about 13 months. Um, I met him online, and after the first eight months, he ended things and came back um, a month later. And then ended things again back in February, which was six months. Um, he recently liked my dating profile. And when I liked his profile back, he blocked me from messaging him. So I want to know, like, what is his deal? <laughs> All right. What's his first name? You have to share that with us. What's his first name? Colin. Colin. Okay. All right. Let me look at his energy. Jim, is anything going on in your head while I'm connecting? Because I'd like a male's perspective, actually. I'm just trying to think, why would I do that? Oh, I really liked her. She scared me. (laughs) But No, but there's truth in that scaring. It's not so much, oh, she's scary. It's it's his issue. It's a common issue where... He wants, consciously, I could feel in his energy, he truly wants a relationship. He really almost, I don't know that the right word is idolizes you, but there's a fascination and there's almost like a fantasy about you that he has. But then when he gets it and he's confronted with it, it digs deep into his lack of self-esteem and a lot of the issues that he has and he gets scared and he runs away. It's that easy. And You know, the show that we did before, um, the last show we did, was a show based on different attachment styles. And it's really important when you're in a relationship that you have a complementary attachment style. Otherwise, you're always going to have this sort of push and pull kind of thing. Like somebody who has an avoidant personality style needs somebody who's secure in the relationship so they can balance that. But what I feel in his energies, he's off the he's totally off the charts in his being avoidant and being anxious. I feel both of those in his energy. So I feel you will unfortunately have a perpetual cycle with him. Um, doesn't mean he doesn't care. And that's something that my guides are saying emphatically to me because I believe he does care. And I believe he cares a lot. Um, but I don't know that he's able to get out of his own head and his own fears um, long enough to be able to enter into a productive and healthy relationship at this point. Um, too bad he's not listening to the show because maybe some of the techniques that we've talked about would help him, but he really needs to address it himself. But what I would highly suggest is that Times that he steps forward, there's two things that I want to mention. Anytime he does step forward, to me, it feels like you guys go right back to where you left off, right? Is that true? That is 100%. And I I want you to stop doing that 
because every time you do that, you automatically send a subliminal message to him that he's doing everything right and you've got that door wide open for him and it will become a revolving door. Now, I'm not saying, you know, hate him or, you know, shut him out or anything like that. What I am saying is, you know, have a little bit of emotional distance. Let him feel like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have acted like that. Maybe I shouldn't have been so distant. Maybe I need to do something different. Because if you say it outwardly to him, I'm telling you, I work with people 24-7. It goes in one ear and out the other with men. Sorry, guys. Um, but it does. Men don't get it when I mean, you try to tell them what you need or want. You have to that's why I wear them. earphones. <laughs> what what jessica what does he say he tells me that he self-sabotages himself mm-hmm. um and honestly i haven't spoken to him since valentine's day and that's the day that he like completely stopped talking to me um but what gets me is that he keeps looking at my dating profile because I can right. see when someone looks at it. So I'm just right. And then when just, you want to do something, he blocks you because he's afraid. He knows what he's going to do. He knows he's got issues. But I would say the key point here, I'm big. I don't know if you listen to other shows that we've done, but I'm very, very big on communication. And it has to be open, honest, and vulnerable. And I feel with him it will be hard to really get him down to that level. But I would say if you are ever in a dialogue with him and he is trying to get you to re-enter into a relationship with him, you gotta get him talking. And you've gotta say things like, um, look, uh, you know, we've done this before. We've been, you know, on this go round a few times. Really, what, what's holding you back? So he says, well, I know I self-sabotage. Then you have to say, why? And even if he doesn't answer you or he doesn't know the answer, that question will get him thinking. And that's a way to help him and sort of guide him through the process because he's stuck. He's stuck and that's right. not going to change until he's ready to get unstuck. So I would say for I mean, right now, don't hold your breath on, and bank your life on this guy. He's got work that needs to get done. You can help right. the process but you can't heal him. Right. And, I, and I've been trying to, like, move past it, and I and for some reason I still want him. Um, but every time he ends things, it's always, oh, we want different things. You want marriage and kids, and I don't want that, or I don't know if I want that. So it's like whiplash. He's afraid. He's afraid. And he's got wounds way back from his childhood. I could also feel there was an adult relationship that he was involved in um, that feels like it was almost devastating to him. Um, he's got stuff that he, we look, we all have baggage, but, and we all bring stuff into a relationship, but he has the awareness, but he's afraid to deal with it. He needs a plan. And honestly, if it was somebody, if, if I was in your shoes, I would actually be very direct and say to him, you know, go work it out in therapy or find some method of doing something or go to a workshop or seminar or shamanic journey, uh, journeying or something in order to get your mind straight. And I would make that as a requirement and a boundary before I would open my heart to a man like that. Okay. So, so from what you're saying, does that mean that he's going to make contact? 
I don't feel you're done. I don't feel you're done. Even though he's playing this cat and mouse game right now, I don't feel you're done. I feel he will make contact. I don't know that it's going to be this week or next week, but I do feel probably before the end of the summer or shortly thereafter, you will hear from him. But again, how many months is that going to be? Six months since the last time you spoke with him? So I urge you, do not move fast. Do not go right back into it. Do not give him any breaks. Let him know um, in words such as, um, as you say, we want different things. You know, honor yourself and make it all about you. What I need in my life is some is some is consistency or somebody to be there for me. And you're setting the baseline for him. Either he could reach it or he can't. If he can't reach it, then we've talked about doing a show on letting go, haven't we, Jim? Uh, I, I think so. I, I, if it wasn't a real topic, at least it was a major part of one of the conversations we had. I think that we need to do a show on that because I think that's the hardest thing. And letting go does not mean barricading a door and never speaking to someone again, yeah. having all this hatred and animosity or anything mm-hmm. like that. It means shifting, like I said at the beginning of the show, shifting your awareness to yourself rather than them being the answer or that they're feeling something in you. Find those places in yourself that they're, they're filling and work on filling it yourself. And that's when you're going to see true transformation in the relationships that you have, as well as the fact as you shift and change everything around you shifts and changes. So therefore you might just be able to see some major changes in him because it's just like, like I say to my clients, if you're too new to a certain energy frequency, just imagine like a TV set, you know, channel two in New York was what uh, CBS, uh, you know, right. And then channel seven was ABC. So if I'm watching CBS, and I'm on channel two. And what are the chances I'm going to get channel seven, ABC, the dating game, or something on channel two? It's not going to happen. It's a different frequency. Right. So right. we need to get your frequency shifted away from needing, and instead of needing all this stuff from him, fulfilling it in yourself. And then right. everything that starts coming towards you is totally different. And he could actually shift and change. If that you happens. change, it happens does. A lot. It happens when a lot. People, as people have those inner shifts, everything around them, what I find is either the person shifts with you or they shift away from you. If right. they shift away from you, you're at, thank God. They, you they know, shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. Right. Where was I to even think about that? If they shift with you, it's glorious heaven. So it's mm. a win-win situation, Jessica. You just have to really embrace some of this stuff. Um Look at my website. I don't even know if I still have a blog up there or not. If not, one day maybe I'll get it back up there. But there's a million articles that I've written on the Internet uh, that talk about all these, these topics. And listen, okay. to our, you know, listen to some of our past shows. But I think we're going to have to put it. We're going to have to put it on our calendar to do a show on letting go. I think oh, that's we, really we actually important. did one two years ago. Oh, we did? Ah, yeah, we did. Well, then it's we did. time to do I one just, again. I just looked at, I looked back on our on our scripts and uh, yeah it was in December of 2020. Wow. Uh, we had another one letting go letting go uh, the, so art of letting go was season five episode 12, and and then 
the Letting Go of Resistance was season six, episode three. Oh, I like that one. Go back, Jessica, and take a look at some of those shows. They're on Blog Talk Radio. Did we do them? Uh, no, we were video. We were live streaming them too, right? I think so. You, I think so. you can so see what you we look like. you can either get them on Blog Talk Radio or on YouTube or Facebook. I definitely but, will. This is my first time calling, and it's been amazing. Thank you. Oh, it's, we're, we're delighted that you called. Thank you. Okay. One more? Yep. Okay. Let's go with Lisa. Okay. Hey, Lisa, how are you? Oh, thank you. Hi. Uh, Hi. I wanted to tell you that you had told me that I was going to want to go back or go back to a relationship I had left. I was with someone for 22 years, and I'd been gone over a year, and you saw them wanting me back. And we were still in touch, and I had told you, no way. I don't have it in my heart to go back. Well, what happened is he passed recently within the uh, last couple of weeks. And oh, it was my a God. Surprise so sorry. That's horrible. Thank you. And it was a surprise to him. And <sighs> before he passed, I mean, he didn't have knowledge of him passing, and I certainly didn't. He was talking to me about spending more time with him and we were I was you know discussing it with him and I was I was thinking about it and he was talking about you know buying maybe a tiny house that kind of thing so what my question is Lady Fontaine had 22 years so we had stuff together that uh, my state does not recognize common law but we owned stuff together. And I'm trying to find uh, – this wow. week I'm taking a death certificate to one of the professionals that he dealt with um, in his um, taxes, and I'm going to give him the death certificate. Do you think that will lead to uh, contacting – because the 22-year relationship was pretty secretive about his past. and. Will that lead to any, like a lawyer, a will, something along those lines? I'm just, do you see me coming out okay where I don't lose anything? Mm. That's a toughie because you're in a state, you know, that doesn't um, recognize common law relationships. Um, When you were talking about bringing the death certificate and stuff, is this a place that he worked or that he had investments or what? No. If if you're working with like a bank, most likely you're not going to be, they're not going to be able to work with you. If you're working with a person, I feel some flexibility. No, I I wasn't even going to uh, be part of it. I was just going to drop it off. They knew who I was because I had been present uh, not, I wasn't involved in that way with him. It was a place that he hired. He, he hired them as a consultant for, it was like um, a, a very high caliber um, uh, agent uh, uh, person, a professional that he had uh, consulted uh, for taxes. So it, what is it that you're going to drop off a death certificate, and what are you hoping to get out of that? 
Well, that will open some doors. Maybe they know of something that uh, they could pass it forward to maybe another like money. professional. He would. Like no, money? no, no, no. I, okay. I, 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 am I going to, whatever happens, will I be okay? Am I standing firm on what I own and nothing will be taken away from me? Oh, I yes. mean, no yes, yes. That I could give you assurance. I thought you're trying to ask me what you're going to get from his estate, if anything. No. And 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 you said you jointly own stuff. I don't see anything that you've jointly owned being in jeopardy. You may need an attorney down the road. You may need something to help iron this out. But I do not feel that you're going to lose anything. And I don't feel that anybody's going to come knocking at your door to throw you out, evict you, or take anything away from you. Um, but there may yeah. be a fight involved with this. As far as getting more than what you already jointly owned with him. That's what I was thinking you were asking me. And that's where the only way I see that is if, for instance, this place that you're going to drop off the death certificate, if he, if they owed him, you know, $25,000 or something, you might. Oh, no, no, no. He was, he, he lived above board. He did not, no, he didn't owe any, a, a penny to anyone. He was, a very well, uh, he thought things out. He was very careful. No, he didn't live like that. No, uh-uh. No, I mean it in reverse. Like, uh, you know, if somebody owed him $25,000 or something, that you could most likely claim a portion of that. But right now, if your question is, are you safe, you are safe. I see no... Oh, good. Um, I see good. no... Uh, I have no fears. I have no red flags that are, there may be things to iron out and ways that you do have to um, re-register or, you know, re-whatever yeah. oh, things. Yeah. But um, yeah. And you might need an attorney to help you do that. But I am not feeling you're at jeopardy of losing anything. My bigger question to you is, in lieu of the fact that you started to talk about rebuilding a future with him and then he suddenly dies, how are you processing everything? Well, we weren't, you know, I was not uh, committing to rebuilding with him. I, and, and, and I was being honest about it. He was more talking to me about me spending more time with him. I was still going to keep where I live, and that we did not say we're just going to come back and merge everything no he was thinking about and i was talking to him about that like maybe buying a little tiny house and i could stay there for a number of days in the tiny house on my own near him and then we would be uh doing things that we needed to do you know business wise and stuff like that and spending more time together um where he like that no but i was not planning and he, he wasn't going there with that in, in mind. Uh, you know, I wasn't planning on just eliminating what I have uh, over here, but I, um, being on, you know, we were both, we weren't like being deceptive or anything. We were just kind of exploring the idea. It was more practical. And, um, and you know, when I had talked to you, I had said, oh, never, I would never go. But then I could see, you know, if it was, set up like that where there was we weren't like you know in one roof and that kind of thing but now how am i doing 
well, it's hitting me harder than I what I thought it would hit me. I know. I just didn't expect him to go. I know. My story is not original. I mean, a lot of people think they have all the time in the world to say things. And, and even though I spent the last four to five days by his side helping him, you know, I still, until he took his last breath, I didn't realize he was going and passing. And I, I don't think he knew it. I don't think he knew it. So I think we were both, like, taken back. And I don't know. You know, it's just so wild. I know. Like I'm I so said, sorry. Every, thank you. Everybody has this A lot of people have this story. I'm not the only one. And... But you're going through it, Lisa. Right now, you are the only one that matters, and that's why um, I'm I'm very appreciative that you're sharing your feelings and emotions with us. I know it's an awkward way of doing it, but I I felt like you needed to, and you do need support, and you have our support. Um, It's a horrible scenario that you're going through, and I hear your caution, and I feel your caution, and even how you're wording things right now that it was practical, it was this and it was that, but I could feel just like I told you whenever it was that I told you that you were going to consider going back with him, um, that there was more there, that, you know, a a twinkle of hope or a twinkle of connection was re-sparked in some way. And that's what I want you to be in touch with and not let fade away because it's so, I know it's so hurtful and so painful what you're going through. I mean, I can't even imagine, but don't lose the magic of what that reconnection was all about. Don't make it all dollars and cents or all practical. You guys connected in a very special way, and you miss him, and you care for him, and, and, and you need to allow yourself to feel that. You know, the weird, I hear embrace every word you're saying. The weird part about this, we were together for 22 years, and for two years before I met him, before I moved to that town, I dreamt about him. Dreamt of him. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say that. I I felt that. I I knew it. He was very... He was very eccentric, and he was very unique, and he was in the town. I had never really been there, lived there. I didn't even like the town. It didn't even appeal to me. Yeah, so you're very psychic. You were picking that up. And then I I dreamt in detail, and the dreams kept coming to me in detail night after night for months. And And so when I finally met him, and eventually I remembered the dreams, I would tell him, and I, I just, you know, now that he's passed, I'm like, gosh, what was that all about? But that's so special. Those memories are so special. And our perception here on this planet and in this dimension is that time is linear, but it isn't. All time is happening at the same time. Therefore, past lives, present lives, future lives are all unfolding at the same time. I know that sounds corny and way out there, but it's a fact. And And one thing that I learned, I mean, I don't know if you even know this because I don't talk about it a lot, but when I started out psychically, I was a medium 
that was my goal. I wanted, I went to the most phenomenal medium many years ago, Suzanne Northrup, and she told me things about my dog sitting next to me and all this stuff that was bringing tears to my eyes. And, and it was an amazing experience. And I wanted to bring that to the world. And Jim worked with me for years to help me because I've always been psychic, but I didn't know how to turn it on. I didn't know how to turn it off. I didn't know how to communicate with the other side. And I ventured under Suzanne and Jim worked with me for many, many years to get me to the point. And I forgot why I'm mentioning all this, but um, I, I, I honestly feel that you, you, you need to keep that connection with him feel him in your heart know that he's there with you because he is oh i know what i was going to say and what i was told way back then was that when somebody passes on they're actually closer to you than when they're in the physical body because you're no longer separated by the physical you're totally soul to soul at that point so carry him in your heart carry the strength of him in your heart carry you know, all the, the great attributes that you, you saw in him and even the specialness of the dreams that you had before he even, he, before he even entered into your life. Keep that in your heart. Um, you know, I, I mean, I struggle with death. I think we all do. But um, they're here. They're with us. And don't, don't lose that perspective. Jim, do you have anything to add? And sometimes when you give yourself a quiet moment, you can sit down and take all those things out and look at them and talk to him. And I don't mean take them out of a drawer. I mean take them out of your heart and kind of put them in front of you. And look at him and talk to him and uh, let him know how you feel and listen to what he has to say to you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's always our pleasure, Lisa. And I'm really sorry for your loss. Yeah, same here. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. All right, do we have anyone else? Or do we have uh, a little bit of time to talk? We have a little bit of time. That's a heart-wrenching story. Yeah, yeah, it's a very sad story. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm glad that I, you know, we had the fulfillment of her prediction, but I don't remember seeing that it wasn't going to go, you know, that he was going to pass away suddenly which is horrible. Right. We do have somebody else. Uh, if, if you, if, what do you want to do? We could, do we okay. have a good caller with an interesting story? I, it seems We've had like great it. callers tonight. Yeah. Really great, great, great stories. And I appreciate is, all of you. This is, Julia, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Hi. Oh, yeah. How are hey. you? Good. Wow, that was... That was a, a very amazing and sad story, wasn't it? Yeah. Dear character. Yeah. I was almost crying. Neck like that. Right. Yeah. I was almost crying. So how can we help you? Yeah. What's, what's your story, Julia? Well, um, my initial reason for calling was about relocating. Um, I live in Florida with my mother, and we're I'm going to be moving to uh, to live closer to my daughter. She just had a grandbaby, and um, she lives in the Kansas City area. But oh, funny! I was getting Chicago note, for some reason, but um, oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know why Chicago was on my mind, but go ahead. So, Kansas City area. Yeah, and it's what's crazy is. Um, 
my ex has been coming like into my thoughts and even into my dreams. Uh, we were married for 30 years and we've been divorced now for six years, but he, you know, time to time comes to mind and even in my dreams. And I was just kind of like, okay, what's going on with that? Cause I mean, it's been a while now. It's not like it just happened. <laughs> so just right, curious. But still, you know, I mean, what's, and what's his first name? Kent. Kent. Okay. Let me just look at, Energy and your energy and see what it means, if anything, and see. <clears throat> uh, the first thing I want to mention is something that you haven't even asked me about, but I actually feel this move to the Kansas City area, um, I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, I, I, I don't feel you being the most energetic about it, but I, I, I feel very, very good about it. I feel things ultimately have the potential of um, working out to your favor. Is your ex in that area? Uh, no, he's still in Colorado, as far as I know. Because um, I'm having a little bit of difficulty in drawing in his energy to get the kind of information that I need, which leads leads me to believe that um, you right now feel that you're in somewhat of a vulnerable position and are sort of drawing, even though his energy is coming to your dream through your dreams, that you're drawing on some of his strengths or that that sense of partnership, even though um, obviously he's not a partner right now. I do have one question for you, though. My guides are saying that you have great depth of memory of your dreams about him. Is that true? Um, it's so are you remembering in great detail the, the dreams? Once I wake up, I don't. I just, you know, when I first wake up, it's like, wow, you know, I wonder why I was dreaming about him kind of thing. But I don't always remember dreams. Actually, I very rarely remember dreams. I want you to start, you know, journaling and, and writing them down because I do believe there is a message in here for you because I'm getting that very strong from my guides. As far as are you asking me if there's going to be a reconciliation or um, anything like that? Are, are you inquiring about that? Is that your underlying thoughts or, no, or question? I, I would like a partner. I would like a life partner, but not necessarily reconnecting with him. Good. All right. Because I don't really feel it because his energy comes in so weak, but I do feel there is, um, a message here. My guides are very emphatic in telling me there's a message in these dreams. So I want you to start writing them down as soon as you wake up. Keep a journal by your bed or, or a diary or something that you could write in. And I want you to be using some of the, the, the questions and the skills that we talked about tonight in really trying to get, like, what does this mean? What am I supposed to see? Um, what's in this for me? because I do feel there is an important message. And I do feel some of it is tied into what you just said, which is that you, you really want a life partner. And I do feel that. So my suggestion to you is stop wanting it and start embodying it and be that partner and be that support and be that strength for yourself, but leave yourself wide open to be able to draw in the right person for you. 
Um, I'm actually scanning your energy right now just to see what I could pick up. Now, when are you actually doing the move to the Kansas City area? Well, I'm trying to coordinate a little bit with my with my daughter to help us, you know, find a place. Um, you know, that's a little bit of a the, the concern is like financially, you know, finding affordable housing and that type of thing. But I was hoping, like by the end of the year, at the latest, uh, my my landlord where I live now, he's already. Um, given us a notice that he's planning to raise the rent and so it's like well if I'm going to move we probably should do it you know before the rent goes up right right um well right now I'm seeing I'm not sure if I'm seeing the move or the potential of you meeting somebody else in March of next year that's why I asked you when you're actually doing the move um let me just look at the logistics of you being able to move by the end of the year. I'm getting somewhat of a positive feel of it. Um, like you said, you're you're going to coordinate with your daughter and try to get all the pieces together. And there's a very good chance that you can. I mean, obviously, mortgage rates are high right now. Real estate is high right now. Everything is high. So it makes it more difficult. But... Um, not impossible. I feel where there's a will, there's a way. And I do feel there is a way for you to do this. So I would say I'm relatively, I'm not giving you a firm prediction, but I am going to say that I'm relatively comfortable in the fact that you could find a place before the end of the year. If not, it would be the very early part of next year. But my guys are shaking their head no, it's going to be this year. So I feel comfortable in saying that. Um, as far as a life partner, um, energetically to me, it feels like you have, um, and I don't mean this, this is the visual that I'm getting, and I don't mean this in a negative or insulting way or anything, but it almost feels like you've built a cocoon around yourself. So I feel that you haven't really been open, really open, emotionally open to letting anyone else in. Is that true? Yeah, you could say that, yeah. Um, I would say that's the first step we we need to work on. And, and I actually feel that some of the dreams of your ex are giving you that kind of message that it's time. It's time that you buried some of the hurts and some of the um, pain that you were dealing with, with with the divorce and the marriage, it actually feels like, because it feels like for a big chunk of your marriage, um, there was very little there. Is that true? Because it feels like you guys were going through the motions and kind of just hanging in there like by a thread for a while. Yeah. Yes. So, so this show is really the right show that because we haven't spoken to you before. So this was the right show for you to call in, listen to some of the techniques that we talked about, try to apply some of them to yourself and do that inner work. Um, You will, and I'm going to repeat that you will draw in a life partner, but you're going to do it at the right time because your energy right now tells me that you're not going to be able to sustain yourself in going out there and getting hurt five times in a row in in a six month period of time. And let me tell you, I work with people day in and day out and that happens. 
you know, dating in the 21st century is not a piece of cake. It's really hard to, to, to do successfully. So work on yourself. This way you draw in the right person or people and the right opportunities. Um, and you could just draw yourself in a nice life partner by the middle of next year. If, but I need you to work on you. I don't want that you set a goal and it's all external to yourself. It has to be internal. You have to start letting yourself let down some of those walls and letting yourself open up and be, you know, be an open book, not just um, cerebrally, but um, emotionally. And I think for you, that's a little bit hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right on point. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Jim, do you have anything? Be heard again. No, I know none of us do. But love is love is letting go of fear. There was a book out there. It's almost like a book of cartoons, you know, uh, figures and everything. It was a small little book in the 1980s or 1990s. I don't remember who wrote it. Love is letting love means letting go of fear. Get see if it's still available. You might be able to get it used. It's a cute little book, but you're not going to be able to experience love if you let your fears keep it away yeah awesome well thank you so much i appreciate you oh. taking my call i know it's been a full show so thank you for it has me. been appreciate it. but thank you so much for calling it was a pleasure oh thank you thank you so much and good luck to you and blessings have a good night okay. good night So, Mr. Paul, this was quite a show tonight. It sure was. We had some fabulous callers. Thank you all so much. These were great calls. And we're sorry we couldn't get to everybody. We still have a couple more uh, holding on. I'm sorry. We'll have to get to you next time. But we we do want to say that, you know, if if you're just calling saying, you know, what's my future look like? What's going to happen in my job or something like that? It's a general question. And we really look for stories around questions for, you know, why do you want to know that and that kind of information. So it's good for you to, to try and come come to us with a story instead of just general things, because we probably won't select you very, very highly. And right. the only reason why is this is, you know, radio and we do live stream as well. But the stories, I mean, the impact. We had Jessica giving Tanika information about a park yeah. in Long Island. Um, and people can relate to the stories, and that's why we look for and we pick, we select the questions that are most um, sort of, I don't want to say common, but that are familiar, that people can relate to, because the advice that we give might just resonate not only with the person that I'm talking to, but also that Jim and I or Paul are talking to, but also um, any of the callers in queue, and that's why we Great. do this show. I had a personal thing that we're not going to have time to talk about um, that I wanted Jim to work with me on the air, but um, probably by next time it won't even matter. It won't even be an issue. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see how that works. But I wanted people to see the interaction and how it works. So maybe next time if, if it's still an issue. Okay. I'm with it. Okay. We did it once in the air, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And I don't yeah. remember what the issue was that we worked on, but there's but something. It was, a, it was a caller. You called out to me for help. And oh. I 
Yeah. Oh, this one is a is a me situation, and I I I'm working on me, but I was curious if you had anything to add to it. I see. I see. Well, we'll save it for next time. What? (laughs) You got sixty seconds. I know. Not enough time. (laughs) I can't do it. (laughs) The way I talk. I don't even get through the beginning of it. <laughs> oh, that's why our show's two hours long? Yeah, that's it. I never <laughs> shut up. But people do call in to talk to me mostly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it is a nice balance because I really do like callers to get, I mean, Jim brings the health perspective. Paul, you don't realize that sometimes your words of wisdom are so profound. You don't realize I don't. Maybe you do realize it, but I don't think you do. I'm an old. I'm a wise it. old soul. <laughs> you are. No, it's not the fool part, but you are very wise. No, old soul. Do. Yes. All right, we, have to, we have to call it a night here. We're within 60 seconds. Thank you so much, <laughs> Lady Fontaine. Well, we want to thank all of our listeners and viewers who called in tonight or listened on BTR or watched this with live streaming on social media. We did enjoy hearing your stories, as heart wrenching as some of them were tonight. Uh, be sure to either follow us or like us on Facebook and YouTube. Our next show is two weeks on Tuesday, June 21st, and we'll be having a special guest, a good friend of Lady Fontaine's, Dr. Peter Hunt, who is a chiropractor and has developed a remarkable system of remote healing in addition to his very complex and revolutionary techniques. Do not miss it. Have any suggestions for show topics? Email us at radioshow at ladyfontaine.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram with your suggestions, testimonials, or to say hello. Uh, please visit Lady Fontaine at LadyFontaine.com for a reading or life coaching session. And for Jim at East West Healing Hearts in Hartsdale, New York, you can find him on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com forward slash East West Healing Arts or EastWestHealing.info is the website. Um, that is it. Good night and have a great weekend. We look forward to seeing you all at the next show, uh, 6 p.m. Tuesday night, Eye on the Future. Good night. Another great show, thanks to our callers and wonderful listeners. Be sure to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook. Check back regularly for info on our next show here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you miss a show or want to listen again, you can listen to the podcast anytime here or on iTunes. Signing off from all of us here on Eye on the Future, blessings and namaste. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.